Folks, before we jump into today's highlights, I just have to ask you, do you want to put 50 years of baseball history in your pocket? I know what you're thinking. It's not going to fit, but it really will because it's all in audio format. These are lost pieces of baseball history told to you from baseball cathedrals. They're, they're told to you by icons of the game from Red Barber, Ernie Howell to Harry Carey. I get goosebumps personally listening to these games and even thinking about the interviews and what these players are going to share with me. I know what you're thinking. Is this AI? Are there bots? Is there some magic potion here that are making these things appear? And I'm telling you, they're not. These games are real. They were done by real people at that specific moment in time. All the iconic moments, the interviews, none of it's reproduced, none of it's AI. It's all real, but done again by real people. If you want to check them out, uh, there's a free intro offer. Jump on over to VintageBaseballReflections.com. And there's over 2,500 audio clips and games for you to put in your pocket, take on walks with you, hang around the fireplace and listen, put them on the porch, invite some friends over. However you want to listen, you're going to be able to listen in these amazing moments in baseball history. Use this coupon this day for a special gift at the checkout. Welcome to This Day in Baseball's Daily Rewind, where we bring you events and stories that are eternal memories for baseball fans' soul. We bring you one event from each day in the calendar and go well beyond the box score. Our stories are brief and fun and come with some surprises. My name's Tom Hannon, and I have had a never-ending curiosity about baseball for 40 years, and it's my pleasure to bring these stories to you. Thank you for joining us for this day in baseball's Daily Rewind. This is episode 8, and we look at April 8, 1974, and I titled this episode, I Had a Hammer, Hank Aaron and his ability to rise above it all to break baseball's most treasured record. But before I head into the episode, I have some quick trivia for you. And my question is to you, what is in a name after all? Can you tell me what is Lou Gehrig's middle name? On April 8, 1974, over 53,000 fans attended the home opener for the Atlanta Braves at Atlanta's Fulton County Stadium. The pregame festivities were similar to a World Series atmosphere, Los Angeles Dodgers starter Al Downing would say. Downing, of course, would know because he had pitched in two World Series during his career already. The Braves had a 45-minute pregame ceremony recapping Hank Aaron's illustrious career. The fans were there to see Henry Louis Aaron break Babe Ruth's all-time home run record, and Aaron would not disappoint the crowd. In the fourth inning, with the Braves trailing the Dodgers 3-1 and Darrell Evans on first base, Downing threw a sinker that didn't sink, trying to induce a double play. He would say, it didn't really matter, because Aaron would have hit it anyways. And Aaron deposited that ball over the left center field fence. Bill Buckner tried his hardest to climb the fence to catch the ball, but to no avail, the ball fell squarely into Tom House's glove, the left-handed reliever for the Braves. As Aaron trotted his way around the bases, the weight of the world lifted off of him, as he was celebrating his 715th career home run and breaking the long-standing record held by Babe Ruth. Ruth 
had held the home run record for 53 seasons. Hank Aaron could never have imagined this for himself as a young boy. Aaron grew up in Mobile, Alabama, and his family could not afford baseball equipment, so he practiced by hitting bottle caps with sticks. He would create his own bats and balls out of materials he found in the street. At that time, organized baseball was pretty limited, but he found his way onto teams with the Boy Scouts of America and the Mobile Black Bears. He learned to hit, oddly, cross-handed, but his talent was obvious. But his talent was obvious. In the team his idol, Jackie Robinson, played for, the Brooklyn Dodgers came calling when he was just 15. Unfortunately for Aaron, he didn't make the team, but he was not deterred. He was already getting paid to play in the Negro Leagues, and by 1951, he signed his first official contract with the Indianapolis Clowns. He left to play baseball without a dime to his name, but he would earn $200 a month playing for the Clowns. He got noticed immediately by Major League Baseball, and he received two contract offers, one from the, at the time, Milwaukee Braves, and the other, at the time, from the New York Giants. And Aaron would say, I had the Giants contract in my hands, but the Braves offered $50 more a month. That's the only thing that kept Willie Mays and me from being teammates, $50. Aaron will be the last player to play for both the Negro Leagues and Major League Baseball. He will debut for the Braves in 1954 and play with the franchise until 1974. During his 21 seasons, he was fantastically consistent. You could pencil in 35 home runs, 100 RBIs, a 300 batting average. And then, to top that off, he would play Golden Glove Outfield every year. He was so consistent, in 13 of the 21 years, he finished in the top 10 in MVP voting. Aaron, ever a distinguished man, understood and lived with racism. When he debuted, segregation in baseball was less than 10 years old. And here is his recount of his time playing with the Indianapolis Clowns. He would say, We had breakfast while we were waiting for the rain to stop. And I can still envision sitting with the clowns in a restaurant behind Griffith Stadium and hearing them break all the plates in the kitchen after we finished eating. What a horrible sound. Even as a kid, the irony of it hit me. Here we were in the capital and the land of freedom and equality, and they had to destroy the plates that had touched the forks that had been in the mouths of black men. If dogs had eaten off those plates, they'd have washed them. Aaron would also add this comment, ever aware of the racism that existed. On the field, blacks have been able to be super giants, but off the field, when our playing days are over, we go to the back of the bus. As it became clear, Aaron was on the verge of history. The ugly side of bigotry emerged. Aaron was besieged by mail, and most of it was not good. He received a plaque from the United States Postal Service for receiving 930,000 pieces of mail in one year. The Braves hired a secretary to handle just his mail. It was one of the biggest stories in America, but I'm not sure what was bigger, the hatred of bigotry or the fact that he was chasing an all-time home run record. When you look back on the accounts, it was about 50-50, sadly. Even newspaper cartoonist Charles Schultz created a series of peanut strips printed in August of 1973, Snoopy attempts to break Root's record, only to be besieged with hate mail. Lucy says in the August 11th strip, 
Hank Aaron is a great player, but you, if you break Babe Ruth's record, it'll be a disgrace. Coincidentally, Snoopy was only one home run short of the record and finished the season as such when Charlie Brown got picked off during Snoopy's last at-bat. Ruth's widow, Claire Hodgson, chimed in as well. She denounced the racism and declared that her husband would have enthusiastically cheered Aaron's attempt to break the record. In fact, Aaron's only fear after the 73 season, because he had fallen two home runs short of the record, was he wouldn't live to see 1974. The Braves opened up the 1974 season in Cincinnati. In his very first at-bat, Aaron ties Babe Ruth's record when he hits a home run off of Jack Billingham. The Braves at that point wanted to sit Aaron down because they wanted him to break the record at home. But Commissioner Bowie Kuhn would have none of that. He ordered the Braves to play Aaron or they would be consequences. So Aaron did play in the third game of the series, but as fate would have it, he did not hit another home run. When Aaron hit his triumphant home run, Dodger broadcaster Vin Scully addressed the racial tension, or lack thereof. In his home run call, he said, what a marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta in the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the Deep South for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it's a great moment for us all, and particularly for Henry Aaron. As Aaron crossed the plate on April 8, 1974, he was embraced by his teammates and his mom, who would not let go of him as he was safe at home. If you see the videos, you'll see a man in a trench coat running up to Aaron with a microphone. And that man is Craig Sager. He was wearing his dad's trench coat and he joined in the celebration and he was the first one to interview Aaron. He would later say it was the most memorable event in interview of his long and amazing career. And he would give that interview and tape to Baseball's Hall of Fame. Above it all, Aaron stood tall. He read all the letters that were sent to him. He would say he read every one of them and he never let it deter him. He stood up to the hate the jealousy and the sad underbelly that we have in this country sometimes. And he never lost his dignity when no one would have blamed him for it. If we really want to make America great again, I would say Henry Louis Aaron is the perfect role model for all of us. And that's it for April 8th, 1974. So about that trivia, what is Lou Gehrig's middle name? Well, I am super excited to tell you that if you go to thisdayinbaseball.com slash quiz page, you can take a weekly quiz that we have highlighting all different things about baseball. And this, and this quiz is about Hall of Fame players' middle names. We have Ty Cobb, Jimmy Fox, Old Hoss Radborn, and of course Lou Gehrig, to name a few. If you think you know what their middle names are, Head on over to thisdayinbaseball.com slash quiz page and you can find out. Thanks for joining us today and we'll see you at the ballpark. Thanks for joining us on The Rewind. It was my pleasure to share this story with fellow baseball fans. Just a quick note, our shows are based on historical research through many sources. Our show notes and website, thisdayinbaseball.com, are worth checking out in case you missed something. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with other baseball fans who may enjoy these stories. My name's Tom Hannon. I'm your host, editor, researcher, and writer. 
I'll see you at the ballpark.